0: Uh, So my first book is uh, They Never Learn by Lane Fargo, which has the best premise ever. Uh, It is this English professor named Scarlett, who I actually would want to be friends with, uh, because assuming I didn't annoy her, she would never kill me. You know
1: what you should
2: read? You know what you should read? You know what you should read?
1: It's time for what you should read podcast all about the titles you need. Join three book lovers and a guest as they cover all the best new titles to enjoy with your tea.
0: I have that, but I haven't read it yet.
1: Hi, I'm Julia. I'm Rachel. And I'm Kelly. And this is What You Should Read, the podcast where we should all over our books. And today we are talking about books that make you say, good for her! good for her good for her Like, um and we have allison dixon joining us later which we are super excited uh, about friend of the pod allison yes. she's our maybe our most frequent guest in addition to becky three uh, times allison's in the lead okay i, I think our first three pete yeah yep you okay know. it's like on snl when they brag
2: about how many times they've hosted they have the yeah. five timers club yeah, yeah. <laughs> We have to start that. We'll start a five-timers club. We'll get them a gift. Okay, perfect.
0: <laughs> she'd, uh, she'd be what, our Steve Martin, I think?
2: I think so,
1: yep. yeah. Yep. Becky's our Justin Timberlake. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that'll be a great conversation, I'm sure. But first, Kelly, what are you reading? Uh, I actually am sort of reading another Good For Her book, I think.
0: Uh, I'm reading Girl's Uh, with Sharp Sticks by Suzanne Young. It is the first book in a trilogy. I have not read any of them yet. And the third one comes out on Tuesday. So it's these these teenage girls and they go to school at this weird boarding school type place where they're not allowed to eat sugar. Their diet is very carefully controlled. And as I have just learned, Mm. their classes are things like uh, modesty and decorum Modern manners, social graces, etiquette, um, manners and poise, compliance. And just in case you think this is all complete nonsense, plant design and development. <laughs> so, really, just all like you are to be a decoration, everything around you is to be a decoration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, but I hope they burn it all down. Is you it it's, so? It's dystopian. Uh, I believe so. Okay. Um, I haven't, I haven't gotten very far. I'm, I think literally about, yeah, about to start chapter four. So I don't know for sure what's going on, but, um, I should have the whole story soon. Cause I have the first two books and the third is out on Tuesday. So
1: sounds interesting and infuriating. I- yeah. <laughs> hey, Rachel, what are you
2: reading? I have three books going right now. (laughs) Um, I'm reading The Snow Child by Eowyn Ivy. So she wrote a book I talked about before on the podcast, To the Bright Edge of the World. This was her first novel and I'm already liking it even better. Not that I, I mean, I loved To the Bright Edge of the World and I love this as well. They're just a little different in that like, while they're both lyrical and beautifully written, this one, the story moves a lot faster and it's just like you get sucked in and it's about Jack and Mabel, they're a married couple. Um, and after like 20 years of marriage where you know they tried to have children but couldn't, um, Mabel said, we need to pack up and leave our Pennsylvania farm and move to remote Alaska and build a homestead. And it's set in 1920, and they're about to face their first winter uh, on the homestead. And the first time it snows, they kind of, you know, she's been dealing with, you know, a lot of, uh, she's having a really hard time. Um, And then the first time it snows, they get really, like, excited and giddy and have a snowball fight and build a snow girl, Snowman, snow girl type thing. Um, and in the morning, the snow girl is gone. And they keep seeing this little girl running through the woods oh. with a fox trailing her. It's 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 a retelling of the fairy tale. Um, and so far it's just incredibly vivid and beautiful, and I love it. Ooh. So that's one book I'm reading. And I have two audio books going because I was listening to one and then my library app wasn't working one day. So I started another on the script. So I'm listening to The Fountains of Silence by Ruta Cepedes, Love that. which I'm loving it. And then Anna Kay um, by Jenny Lee. And I'm also loving that. Like these books, I'm reading so many good books right now. I'm so oh, happy. Oh, that's awesome. I'll probably finish Anna Kay today because I don't have that much left of it. Oh, that's
1: great. Maybe I'll find that audiobook on my library. It's good. I recommend. Great. Um, I actually DNF'd a book yesterday. I was very proud of myself. Um, it's The Lost Apothecary, um, mm-hmm. which was a, my book of the month pick um, this month, I will say, I think it's a good book. I think that a lot of people would really like this book. I really enjoyed the premise. I read like the first 60 pages. I like, I could tell I was going to enjoy the plot. I just couldn't get past the writing style for me. It just didn't work for me, but I think there are probably, and I definitely know there are a lot of people that really enjoyed this book. So I would say if you like historical fiction and, um, books about, um, you know, Artifacts and thing and I don't know, good for her. I mean, it is a good for her book. It's about poisoning (laughs) bad men, so I mean, it's a great you know premise. But I just couldn't get um, past the writing style, so I put that aside. um, And I picked up um, Stepsister by Jennifer Donnelly, Uh, yeah, which is a Cinderella retelling. So I don't want to talk too much about it because we might talk about it on Tuesday. I know Kelly's read it. this is her copy. Yeah. <laughs> I remember um, you Kelly, by the way, there's a card in here for you from someone who borrowed it before me. Oh, uh, that's yeah. And I, I, and I borrowed this happening. book like two years ago, probably. <laughs> so it's it's been sitting in my house for two years. So you probably have a very lovely note from a friend in here. Yeah.
2: That's um, amazing. That's,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> um, she also Jennifer Donnelly who wrote it um, she has a new retelling out called Poisoned which is of course Snow White.
2: Yeah. Uh,
0: cool. I have not I have not read it yet but I loved Stepsister and I love Jennifer Donnelly in general so yeah. I'm I'm excited to talk to you about Stepsister.
1: I'm um, loving it so far. In just a so. few
0: days. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so our book news today comes with a poll um there is a group of authors they're writing a novel together like a collaboration called 14 days and it is set in Manhattan during the pandemic so i'm i'm guessing early pandemic days but it is a novel but set very much in modern time in modern situations um, the authors include, because this does affect how I feel about it, um, John Grisham, Celeste Ng, Emma Donahue, and Margaret Atwood, and some other authors as well, but like really, really great authors and John Grisham and um some other people. But um I don't know, like do you do you want to be reading books about this time? in our lives
1: during this time in our lives. Yes, I do. I do. And I know I do because, okay. So I haven't been reading a ton this weekend because I'm a little bit obsessed with the show married at first sight right now. And I've (laughs) been going back and rewatching seasons and I'm currently watching season 11, which aired in 2020. And it was filming when the pandemic started. So they're about halfway through the season. There's an episode and there's this one couple who's like the best couple on the show. They're, they're great. I, if they don't make it, then love does not exist. I swear to God, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but they say that the, 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 husband Woody, he's like, man, people are going crazy about this COVID thing. Huh? And his wife, Amani, she said, yeah, I know uh, you know, hand sanitizers on back order right now. And he's like, oh, you know, they're saying it's just a strong flu and it's this, woody oh, I know, I know. And, you know, obviously a lot of people were saying that mm-hmm. at the beginning, right. Cause we yeah. didn't know enough about it. So it's this, it's just like this time capsule mm-hmm. when I'm watching and I watch it and I was like, wow, <laughs> you know, yeah. it kind of blew yeah. my mind a little bit. So I would be interested now that we're a year out, you know, yeah. It would be good. And now that there's a light at the end of the tunnel, people are getting vaccinated. I am ready to uh see some art and more like documentation about the beginning of it because mm. I think like we're still so close to it that I remember it and I remember mm. those feelings. And so it's interesting to yeah. re-experience it in different ways. I I agree with that. And I do, I do trust
0: Emma Donahue and Celeste Ng and, and yeah. Margaret Atwood specifically, like I know they'll do a good job. I don't know, it's weird, um, but I've, a lot of my shows, my Thursday night shows have just come back and A Million Little Things, I I don't know if you watch, but um, our friend Philip watches. And I know we had an in-person book club at your house, Julia, where we're telling you about all the stuff that has happened on this show and it sounds like the most ridiculous thing. Yeah. I mean, it's just like and then there's like a paternity secret, but right. it turns out that was a whole other thing and just a big red herring. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but I mention it because at the end of last season, um one of the characters went off to London um to study at Oxford for a bit. And she ends up uh, she is, I'm, I'm telling you all this stuff and it does, it does get back. I promise. It's not like me just yeah. rambling for no reason. <laughs> um, but she is a breast cancer survivor. So she comes back for a scan cause she couldn't get in right away in the UK. And, um, so she gets on a plane and she comes home and she plans to be gone for like just a couple weeks. And then, like as she lands, there's something on the news about like, oh, the first case was found in in the U.S., and she thinks she's going back. And it's like, oh shit, she's she's in the U.S. for a, a solid year. I hope you don't need any of the stuff you left behind. Wow. Yeah. And then, I don't know because I I do feel like if you have a if you have something set in this time it feels irresponsible and kind of inappropriate not to discuss
2: it, but
1: I don't know. What do you think, yeah. Rachel?
2: Yeah. Um, I am excited for the book. I, not just because of the great authors, but I'm anxious to see, you know, like you said, Julia, art that is inspired or set within the context of what's been happening. Um you know, I reading books for me. Um, not that books don't like upset me or anything when they're about something sad or tragic, um, but that doesn't usually like stop me from wanting to read them. So, right. um, yeah, I'm just curious what it's going to yeah. be like. Yeah. I also
1: think it's more interesting when it's like the first 14 days, right. It's specifically about those first couple of weeks, which were so, um, heightened, I think for everyone, because it was new and we didn't know, didn't know a lot yet. Yeah. It was scary, but, um, we didn't, we weren't quite aware of how mm. tragic it would be at that mm. point. So, um, I think that I don't know that I would be as interested if it was like, November of the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, you know? right. like we're, We've all been inside for months. It's winter. I, so like hundreds of thousands of deaths in the U S at that mm-hmm. point, you know? So I yeah. don't know, like, I don't know how, um, but yeah, you never know. I, I guess it would depend on the premise, but yeah, for yeah. this book specifically, for sure. I am interested.
0: Yeah. And I, I do think my feelings would be different if it were
2: a different group of authors. Yeah. But Yeah, I do feel like um, it could go one of two ways, of course, and the author is a big part of that, of course. Yeah. Yep.
0: I also, uh, before we move on, just I think it's very interesting that it's, it's a collaborative novel and not an anthology. Yeah. So I'm I'm also very interested in learning how that will work. Yeah. And it was just announced. It's it's not one of those things where there's a date for it yet.
1: Mm-hmm. So are they each yeah. writing from a different character point of view? I don't know. Wow. That's yeah, so that's interesting too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool.
2: Yeah. All right. All right. So our next segment is called Recent Acquisitions where we talk about the books we have recently Bought, borrowed, or been given. Um, I haven't bought any books this week, but I did receive my new bookmark from Novel Menagerie's Etsy shop. Ooh. It's inspired by the Folklore album. <laughs> so, Love it. It's very pretty. They're really good quality. Um, we'll have to link her Etsy shop below because, yeah. I mean, these bookmarks are really nice. She has all sorts of different kinds of bookmarks. So... Ju- yeah. I was
1: just gonna say, do you remember that um parody music video that came out years ago that parodies the Jay-Z and Kanye song? Um, and it's uh uh, <laughs> uh library. It's like bitches in bookshops or something like mm-hmm. that. No. <laughs> Read I so hard libraries trying to find me. Well there's oh, this, yes, yes, that was there's this one um there's this one line in in the in the song where she's like, I have a bookmark you can borrow, and she's like, Do you know how many bookmarks I own? And like throws the bookmarks. <laughs> nice <laughs> My favorite. We'll link it down below because I think everyone needs to revisit that. You know, awesome. but yeah. I was gonna say you can never have too many bookmarks, and then I thought of
2: that. You exactly. know, bookmarks I own. <laughs> it's true, Kelly. What have you recently acquired? Oh well, um. Okay.
0: So I continue to be incredibly into cults. So I got After the Fire by Will Hill, which is um, YA fiction. And it sounds sort of like the aftermath of the Branch Davidian thing in Waco. So I'm interested in that. And there's a book called The Devil in Ohio by Daria Paladin. And I don't know much about that, but it sounds like there's this this girl who escapes a cult and the cult figures out where she is and they they're going to try and get her back and it's apparently very interesting and very scary so <laughs> super excited for that um i got the sequel to jane anonymous by uh larry faria stellars which is called the last secret you'll ever keep and i'm i'm also excited for that but yeah so not not my worst week no that's pretty good but maybe not also
1: a fiscally responsible week,
0: but you know, whatever, it's fine. Who cares?
1: And Julia, how about you? Um, I didn't buy any books this week. I don't think unless I did some in my sleep, which is possible <laughs> I wouldn't put it asked me. Um, but I did, um, some books came in the mail. Um, so, my British Ooh. books haul that I placed um, from Blackwell's upon Claire Hanscom's recommendation from nice. the Britlett podcast. So, I have to take a picture of these and send it to her because they came in. So, I got the secret diary of Adrian Mole, age 13 and three quarters, <laughs> which I read years ago when I was in grad school because my friend Corey. Also, Kelly's friend Corey, who I went to grad school with, she recommended it to me and she had all of them, I think. So I remember reading them and loving them. And I want to reread it and then pass it along to my nephew Gabe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I got um, Oh My God, What a Complete Ashling <laughs> by Emma McClisick and Sarah Breen. And it's um, like, it sounds like a humorous uh, novel by an Irish author, and it sounds very Marion Keyes ish to me. So it says, uh, that's Ashling, small town girl, big heart, no clue. So I'm excited, um, to read that. And then I bought Claire's book on scripted, really? which I'm super excited about. Um, and I think it's about an actor and a writer and they meet and fall in love. And so that's cool. Um, and then I also bought, I bought Olive um, by Emma oh, Gannon. Nice. I have read the audiobook of this. I got it on NetGalley and then I loved it so much. I wanted a hard copy because I do think I would reread this and I'd like to try reading the print version too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I love the trim size. I love that I got it from from England imported. Mm. So yeah, it was exciting. It's a cute cover too. I know it is so cute. Yeah. Okay. So, um, we are going to take a quick break and when we come back, we'll have Alison Dixon, uh, author and podcast friend to talk about books, um, that make you go good for her. So, stick around and we'll be right back.
2: You know what you you should You should read? You know what you should read? It's time for What You Should Read
1: the podcast, all about the titles you need. Join three book lovers and a guest as they cover all the best new titles to enjoy with your tea. Okay, we are back. And we are joined by our friend Allison Dixon, who we were saying, Allison, before we started recording, you're like the Steve Martin of our podcast. You're you you are the most frequent uh guest.
3: So. Oh, I love that. I yeah. love that. Yeah, I'll be that alumni, that 10-time alum
1: mm-hmm. of of the podcast. I hope so. <laughs>
3: that's that's an honor. Yeah. When uh when I was invited for this one, I was absolutely stoked um and it felt very um relevant given the the, the topic so mm-hmm. yes well, um, what her... what I've been working on
1: right? So. And you're an author of domestic thrillers and I want to hear about um the book that you're currently working on um but yeah so this this today's episode is about um kelly you named it um good for her books so explain explain to our audience <laughs> what good for her books means <laughs> uh, justify yourself <laughs>
0: yes uh, so there, there's a meme with, I think she's the mom from Arrested Development, um, which I have not watched, uh, but it's it's like a picture of her kind of staring with a glass of wine, and then it's like me watching Carrie uh, destroy everyone at the prom, and then it's like good for her. <laughs> um, and this has been planned for a while, this episode, uh, but of course, it ends up being the perfect week for it, because with everything going on huh. right now, I am, anyone who can just burn this all down, good for
3: her. Right, right. Um, yeah, there's there's definitely, uh, the temperature is right for it, um, for sure. But it seems, it does seem like every few months or so, that seems to be the case. And right. so then it all kind of Every time something happens in the world that, that centers uh violence against, you know, women and minorities and, and what have you, it definitely just seems to recall all the previous things. And then it's just that rage, I guess, that that uh need to, I don't know, take it out some like what we often do in, in books, uh in fiction. So um there's a bit of that collective uh, anger, I think brewing, uh, always at a summer. <laughs> so, I mean,
0: yeah. Um,
3: yeah, think- so yeah, great idea.
1: Uh, <laughs> <I agree. laughs> yeah. And in these books, you know, they can, I think you're right. Like there's a way of kind of processing that rage through mm-hmm. literature that, um, mm-hmm. I think is really healthy. Um, even if it maybe brings up more rage, <laughs> um, right. but also just sort of, you know, the way I think about these books is, um, women taking their power back, mm-hmm. uh, in a way. And, you know, the other thing it brings up for me is, um, so often we, we, we hear, uh, complaints about characters in books. That's like, well, I just didn't think she was likable.
2: Yeah. And that yeah. is
1: kind of what, and I'm I'm just like, well, why does she have to be likable? Like, why right. <laughs> you know, <laughs>
3: Mm-hmm. And, and it often hearkens to uh, this idea that what is likable? Mm-hmm. What, what does that mean? Um, it, exactly. Like uh, people seem to have very differing ideas about what women are supposed to be. And I, and I definitely think this is always thrown at women. Um, I hardly ever see say, somebody say this about male characters. Yeah. Um, if In fact, if they are jerks, it's like, Part of the aura, you know, and and accepted. But mm-hmm. if a woman, we're not allowed to be um strong and and uh and sort of, I don't want to say um emotionless because that's not the correct term, but let's just say reserved, okay? Uh I think of Hillary Clinton. Um she's always the first one to come to mind because she most often got the robotic term thrown at her. But if she hadn't been that way. <laughs> then she would have been hysterical and, you know, or you just look at any working, busy woman who maybe has a family. Oh, she's not maternal enough. Um, And so we're supposed to be mothers, but we're not supposed to be too emotional, but you got to be somewhat emotional. And, you know, it, there's no, there's mm-hmm. no way to win. Right. Um right. So when they say this character is not likable, I really don't know what the heck they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, And that's part of it, it. It highlights the expectations that are impossible to meet no matter where we are. In, in, you know, in anything. Yeah,
1: and an <laughs> unlikable female character does not in any way diminish my enjoyment of her book, you know, like right. whatever unlikable means, right? I mean, there are some some of the books we're going to talk about. I pro- there, are pro- there are characters that I probably wouldn't want to be like best friends with. <laughs> true, <laughs> very true. I want to read um, the story and the story is interesting mm-hmm. and good for her.
3: <laughs> and that's the thing too, right? I mean, you're right. If it, if it is a character, I think that, yeah, like you said that, you can't envision sitting down and having coffee with or that you pal around with or want to actually be friends and confide in. I mean, obviously, yeah. Um, Especially some of these, these characters that we see that are, you know, uh, vicious in some way, or, or let's just say amoral, um, they kill people. Um, yeah. <laughs> so if, if, if I, you know, if we're sitting around, like we are in the circle and we say, one of us says, oh yeah, I killed a guy the other night. He was, you know, and it, would any of us be like, what? I mean, well, we all would be a little shocked, but in, in the world of the, these stories, we're watching this happen. We're like, yeah, good for her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But that's what fiction, that's the beauty of it, right? Mm. We can sort of remove that cloak of societal, you know, acceptance and mm-hmm. acceptability and yeah roots for the bad gal, <laughs> right? In some way.
1: So is the book that you're working on now, would you characterize it as a good for her? Uh, yeah,
3: yeah. Um So it's, it's called right now, it's called Spring Cleaning and I'm, I'm fighting very hard to maintain that title. Uh, (laughs) Thank you. Um, it's, uh, it's a, it's a group of, uh, three women who, um, from varying walks of life, uh, they met on an internet parenting group, um, when they were pregnant and they, um, stayed friends over the years and their kids are, you know, um, anywhere between eight and 10, um couple of them had additional kids and so they decided to you know after a few years like let's get together and and uh for like a retreat sort of thing and um somebody ends a a gentleman ends up dead um a a notorious gentleman that they happen to you know run into who got off easy uh I call he's kind of like my version of Brock Turner um Mm -hmm. and uh can't give too many details but then you know the guy ends up dead that's all I'm gonna say fast forward dead guy um and then they realize that was kind of fun let's do that again next year and so then they get together again and again and again and so um and it becomes a a sort of a ritual uh for them um and they find they they hone a method to find the right kind of guy and and, uh, that fits all the parameters that they're looking for. Um, and they do the, the deed and, uh, dispose and move on. So, uh, but of course it all, you know, goes awry. Um, that's where the story, it kind of picks up a little further after they've been doing this a few years and, and, uh, but yeah, it's, it's definitely predicated on this idea of, you know, we have this normal family life and then once a year we get together and we let all that go. Um, and, uh, of course there are repercussions to that sort of thing. Um, whereas that it always, it plays with that sort of dichotomy of like, you know, on the one hand, this is great fantasy. Um, this, this, these sort of like revenge fantasies, you know, getting to, you know, take a Nazi out of the world, you know, for instance, but, um, human beings are not really programmed to, naturally, I should say, to uh, murder uh, (laughs) one another. And I think things do eventually have a a cumulative effect. Um, And each of them have their own varying struggles with that. So, um, but let's see what happens. My agent has it right now. um, And I, we're supposed to have a sit down here really soon and iron the rest of it out. Kelly's read it. It's Um, so good. I can't wait. Thank you. I hope it resembles somewhat of what Kelly read by the time it ends up in the world, but um because it's in that stage of mm. um is this commercial enough? And of course, I do think this market is kind of small, only because the I should say smaller than the general domestic thriller market, because of the fact that we sort of have women presented in this unlikable. Mm-hmm and it is believed that wider mainstream audiences probably don't want to see us that way mm. you know what i mean so it's it's kind of weird um well i'm excited about
1: it it sounds great
3: <laughs> everybody i mentioned it to is excited about it and that's what i'm telling them like look like i talk about this book every every chance i get because it's very easy to say yeah. Moms get together every spring and kill someone. I mean, it's just, you know, and then they go about their lives and they're like, oh, "Whoa, I want to read yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I do too. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I wrote it. Um, so anyway, yeah. F- fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. I would love to get this one out in the world. It's very, it was a lot of fun and it's a tight, fun little story. So cool. Um, yeah, yeah. But I wanted to show you something yeah. um, real quick. Have, I don't know if you brought up. Uh, Lane Fargo she's one and, of mine
1: yeah okay, we haven't done all our right. we're gonna do our round robin but yes
3: yeah. oh good okay then I'm gonna shut up because I gotta once we get to her okay I have to show you something
1: okay, okay. <laughs> well why don't we start then with Kelly um uh, so we're gonna do a round robin like we normally do for our what you should read recommendations um and Kelly since you <laughs> came up conceptualize this this to- this episode's <laughs> topic um why don't you start us off um, I run this town <laughs> <laughs> Uh, So my
0: first book is uh, They Never Learn by Lane Fargo, which has the best premise ever. Uh, It is this English professor named Scarlett, who I actually would want to be friends with, uh, because assuming I didn't annoy her, she would never kill me. (laughs) But um, she every year finds the worst man on campus and kills him and wow. she might make it look like a suicide. She might make it look like an accident, but, um, she, she kills a Brock Turner ish person. Um, a professor who goes after students. It's like, just, you know, like bad people on campus and, uh, nobody figures out that it's, you know, a serial killer doing stuff. And then, um, one death kind of goes a little bit awry, and somebody thinks like, well, maybe it wasn't a suicide. Maybe it was deliberate. And then they look into everything on the campus and, um, is kind of start piecing things together. It's, it's so good. And I bought it based on the premise, but it turns out that it is blurbed by one Allison Dixon. <laughs> Yay.
3: I, uh, I love Lane Fargo. She is, um, incredible her book temper is one of my favorites um and so I sort of started uh fangirling after her after I read that and uh then she sort of like was okay with that and you know we started we became friends and and we interact on Twitter and I um and I told her right before they never learned came out I'm like I don't think you'll ever you know care to have me blurb this book but I really want to blurb your next book um and so I got a copy the the publisher sent me a copy and I got to do it and then we did a book event together earlier this year, a virtual one, um, for a bookstore in Columbus, Ohio. And, uh, and that was a lot of fun. And then she sent me a bit of swag and it's kill your local rapist, um, yes. little sticker <laughs> <Is that laughs> nice. like backwards on my camera. Um, and so I put it on the thank you card that she sent me. Um, and then I have it, I usually keep this on my bookshelf, like in a prominent place. Nice. Um, but I was like, this is this, this sticker like exemplifies everything we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. So it I means. had to, I had to bring that along to uh show, but she is stunning, um, as both a writer and a person. And I was, when, uh, Kelly mentioned, she picked that book, I was like, ah, amazing. <laughs> that's honestly would have been my round Robin pick for this. Yeah. Topic. <laughs> that's
2: awesome. Awesome. I really want to yeah. read that. It's yeah. so good.
0: You really should. I, I don't know what Temper is though.
3: Oh, Temper is like think Black Swan kind of thing. It's this it's this uh, Chicago theater company. Um and uh some very sordid drama uh that happens in this maniacal um sort of uh, uh the guy who runs it who um, it, it was also like the lead actor in it. Um, and uh, it, it's about the dynamic between him and these two women. And it's just, it is vicious and brutal and bitter. And just, uh, I keep coming, I always compare it to Black Swan in a lot of ways, because it is, the, it, it kind of deals with ambition and, and all the kind of backbiting that happens um, and the destructive nature of that. So it's not quite in this category of what we're talking about here, but it definitely deals with aspects of like the to- toxic masculinity and the, mm. you know, and the things that drive that. And so um, it it's her debut. It came out the same year that my book came out. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I highly recommend it. It's it, I blazed through that book um, in a day. So nice. Um, nice. I, I feel like you can't go wrong with her books. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, Well, Allison, do you have a, a pick for your,
3: for the round robin? I
1: mean, I,
3: I go back and forth on this a lot because, um, I haven't read honestly a ton in this category. Um, and, and I think it's, so I, I, I eventually settled on, uh, Samantha Downing. She is another one that kind of fits into this, uh, category of writing these these strong kind of vicious female characters and I I I went to my lovely wife although her latest I actually haven't read it yet um but it's on my list and I in the title is completely escaping me at the moment I will I will have that um before the end but um oh god yeah I almost had it um but um my lovely wife is married character or this married couple that uh, engage in a a bit of a serial killing hobby um, themselves and you can never quite tell um, whether Millicent that's the the wife um, whether she is someone that you should be rooting for or someone that you should be terrified of because it's uh, largely told through the point of view of her husband Mm. Um, and he starts to suspect that she is sort of breaking their protocol that they've established and is uh doing things on her own that could put them both at risk and uh she is uh and, and because they find like this other body that totally fits their mo right mm-hmm. but it seemed like Millicent was did that all on her own and was hiding it from him it was almost like she's cheating on him with another murder <laughs> you had an affair on me but oh you killed someone without me yeah Yeah. and so she's carrying out her own separate agenda and it gets deeper and deeper into this uh mess of a marriage and how they met and she is just this cool and very like you statuesque like mysterious person and mother and everything's very orderly and she is scary but at the same time like compelling and so, um, and, and then reading from the point of view, the husband, who's also a bit of an unreliable narrator in himself. So, um, so check out my lovely wife. Um, I really loved it. And I will get the, the name of her latest book, but uh, Samantha Downing is a stunning writer herself and a really nice lady. Um, and, uh, and I've, you know, more people need to be reading uh, this subset of authors um, because I do feel like they have a they write fantastic books, but they don't seem to quite crack the ceiling into mainstream you know, the 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 places occupied by say like the Karen Slaughters and the um uh, Laura Hill and I, yeah those you know, that layer, even though they're writing fiction, that's every bit as visceral and and screwed up, you know, in terms of is the it, subject is matter. Her
1: book, is her new book for your own good?
3: Yes, 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 yes. yes. Thank okay. you so much.
1: No problem. I just looked her up on Twitter.
3: So yeah, yeah. She's amazing. and I think she's, she's got some deals inked well into the future. She'll be writing for a long time. I think by the way, things are going for her and, and, uh, And I'm thrilled because, um, like like Wendy Hurd is another great, um, author also in that same camp. Like it's like just this sort of like middle, this mid list authors that are writing some really great books that just need to be like out there more. Um, so, and I'm, I'm happy to say that I, you know, that I know them and and I wish them all the best. I have to
2: check her out. Yeah. Um, great. Rachel, do you have a recommendation? I do. My first recommendation is Perfect Match by Jodi Pico. And this book is so good and a lot happens in it. Um, But the premise is um, the main character, she is a, uh, I think she's like an assistant DA and she has a little, a little boy. I think he's somewhere around four or six years old. Um, and one day, like he stops talking and, you know, they bring him to a child psychologist and find out that he's been molested. And Mm -hmm. so they're trying to figure out what happened, but he, you know, he's not talking. So it takes them a little while to figure out, you know, who hurt him and they find out it was a priest. So the their their parish's priest gets arrested and during the arraignment she walks into the courthouse um she doesn't have to go through the metal detectors because of her job she sits down behind him in the courtroom and shoots him in the head
3: oh boy yeah
2: and immediately starts acting crazy because she wants to put up an insanity defense right yeah. Um, and oh. I'm not gonna say much else about what happens in the plot because, like I said, a lot happens in this book. It is so good. It is so engaging. Like, there are multiple perspectives, like most Jodi Pico's books, and it just—oh my gosh, it is so. Intense.
3: I I love Jodi. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't read a ton of hers, but what I have read, I've really enjoyed because mm-hmm. it does put you into this these kind of moral conundrums and scenarios mm-hmm. that really make you question. What your own where your own sympathies really lie, and what you yeah. would do, um and that's that sounds like a fantastic premise. Like I could completely put myself in that woman's shoes. It's
2: so Honestly. good. Like, I highly recommend. It's one of one of her best. I I, sec- I second that. That was a good one. <laughs> I remember. Is reading.
3: that a is that a recent release or is that no? A it's a little older. More? I want to say early two okay. thousands. Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. Nice. Okay. Mm-hmm.
2: She's got so many. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Really,
3: yeah. Yeah. I always see anyone out from her. Um, yeah. anytime I'm oh, yeah. a bookstore, I see her on a front table somewhere. So,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Well I have a recommendation. So if you're looking for a book to scare the incels and men's rights activists in your life, then you should read the power by Naomi Alderman. Yes. Right. So yes. So this book, I know some of you have read it. Allison, have you read this one?
3: I have not, but it's going on my list immediately, just on that basis alone.
1: (laughs) I think you would love it. So it is kind of like, um, if, uh, you know, like a gone girl met world war Z, I I don't even know. Like, so basically like, (laughs) wow, in this world, in this world, women and girls develop the power to electrocute with their touch so they can electrocute men just like with, by zapping them. And the, the power is developed in their collarbone. It's it, they call it a skein, um, so this starts happening and obviously like the world freaks the fuck out. Right. Cause all of a sudden women have physical dominance over men for the first time. Nice. And so all of a sudden women become political leaders. Um, they take over the military, um, you know, girls are, you know, seen as dangerous and need to be controlled and this sort of thing. Like, I mean, that's not different, but like, that's how it's seen. But like, then there's like politicians who are trying to like use it to their benefit. Um, and so, yeah, so like things are just totally upended and it follows different points of view too, which is really interesting. Like it follows this tough talking girl from London. And then there's another girl who's raised by these religious fundamentalists and she runs away and like kind of starts her own cult. Um, and then there's this like politician in, in America and she has daughters and she's trying to like manipulate things to, to her benefit. Um, it's really, really interesting, and. I mean, I think like some people might say like, well, this is, this is, this would be terrible if one sex had complete control physically over another. And to that, I would say, no shit. That's <laughs> what we're dealing with now. Yeah. Right, right now,
3: we, <laughs> live,
1: we, we live in a world right now where a man can go and commit mass murder against women, you know, and the police can say he was having a bad
3: day mm-hmm. and yeah. just
0: at the end of his room.
3: Oh, and you know what, we get to learn from the headlines that he went to church, right? You know, like he was a church going guy, right? You know, he just happened to have a bad day and murdered right. eight women. Okay.
2: Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, Why do people and think know, that
3: someone going to church is going to
2: make me sympathetic to them? I don't know. Oh,
3: right. I, I'm really looking forward to when that's no longer considered yeah. the you know, the qualifying thing, oh, right. you know? Yeah,
2: sure, right. <laughs> I mean,
1: so yeah. So like, I'm not saying that this book is like a utopian future that we should all strive for and how great would that be? But I'm saying this is what we're dealing with now in the opposite direction. And this book yeah. is a mirror. <laughs> so yeah. mm-hmm. I think, I think, yeah, I really like that book.
3: I, yeah, I, I love the way that that uses metaphor. Uh, that That's a powerful to, so to speak, given the title metaphor. <laughs> Um, in mm-hmm. so many ways, I it also kind of gave me a little bit of X Men vibes, mm-hmm. just like this whole idea of the these somebody with this mutation, you know, becoming more powerful than the people that don't. And there's so much that can be inferred about society through uh, X Men, um, and the the sort of tropes <laughs> that that yeah. uses. So, yeah. um, so I love this in in a more feminist uh, context. Yeah. Um. So I will definitely. I love all these recommendations. I am absolutely gonna check that one out that looks like sounds like a great I wasn't expecting that to take on a sci-fi bet I was like whoa hold on
1: yeah definitely sci-fi so it's not yeah. it's not a domestic thriller oh, but it um is sci-fi yeah and
3: yeah yep. I love that I love it um that was that was completely unexpected so I'm excited <laughs> yeah. great. you'll probably like it it's yeah. so good
1: well, those are great awesome. recommendations. I know we're running kind of short on time, but do we want to do a few, a couple more, like one more each or what do you guys want to do? Um, I, I have one more. I mean, I have a couple more, but one that I really want to talk about. Okay. go for
0: it. Okay. Uh, the Lady Upstairs by Haley Sutton. Hmm. And it is kind of good for her meets noir, hmm. which I am nice. a big, big fan of. And it's this, this group and what they do is they go after like politicians or other famous men in the town and they lure them into like situations where there's say a compromising position or whatever, and then end up extorting money from them. And it's, it's not fully a good for her, but at the same time, like you, you can't hurt men who aren't doing bad things.
3: Yeah. So, yeah you
1: know yeah. that's um, a very good point <laughs> i do like a book where it's like um people are going after only amoral am- people you know there right. was um a series of books my mom used to talk about a lot and i can't remember the title but it was like They were vampires, but they would only they would kill like discriminately, like only they would go after like the murderers and the rapists. And I can't remember what it was called, but she used to talk about it all the time. I'll have to ask her. But yeah, that that's always like an interesting premise to me. Yeah.
3: Kind of like your
1: your, uh, spring cleaning.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it is it definitely like brings to um, mind as I was like pondering a lot of movies that sort of deal in uh, the sort of vigilante aspect of seeking justice um and uh and 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 it's really just it's a it's a fruitful playground and i love the way that so many people have played on this um through either fantasy sci-fi um devices or thriller or noir or you know all these things because it really comes down to uh powerless people seeking to balance the equation um and uh or people that have been, you know, oppressed in some way, or violated and hurt in some way. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think that that's an eternal. I don't think that's ever really going to go away. Um, no matter how fair we try to make things in our society, I think there's always going to be the the oppressor oppressed dynamic and the people that are going to, you know, because there's always going to be someone on top of the pile. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and, it, and eventually people are going to feel the weight of that. And they're going to seek to, you know, shift the balance again. So yeah, for sure. Love it. Yeah.
1: Um, Rachel, do you have another recommendation?
2: Um, I have one. It's a bit of a um, wild card, but You know, nobody murders anyone or anything, but it's called Where'd You Go Bernadette Hmm. um, by Maria Semple. And the reason I picked this as a good for her book is Bernadette lives her life the way she wants to live it despite or in spite of the man or men in her life wanting to mold her to fit a certain, you know, idea that they have of her. Um, So the book opens. She is a mother to a 13 year old girl who's very smart, um, just like super nice kid, super good kid. She's gotten all A's and says, you promised me we could go on a family trip anywhere we want if I get all A's. So I want to go to Antarctica. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And her mother, Bernadette, Um, 15 years ago, was a very famous up-and-coming architect and was considered one of the greats. She built this house that got her a lot of notoriety, a lot of fame, and then in the middle of building another building, something happened that sort of derailed her. It never got finished, and she kind of... I mean, maybe the word is like spiraled and um, decided to kind of leave the spotlight. She and her husband moved from LA to Seattle. He's a Microsoft software tech guy. Um, and she just wanted to kind of like live quietly. She doesn't like being around people. I don't know if it's like agoraphobia or what, but she definitely um, keeps very like, it to herself and she can't stand all the like suburban granola moms in her neighborhood trying to like tell her how to you know how to take care of her lawn and all this stuff um and you know she just finds like all the preppy private school people um that her daughter you know goes to school with she just finds it all very uh annoying and uh this whole Antarctica trip thing sends her on this um, journey where she becomes very anxious about it. And she's trying to, you know, figure out how she can go on the trip without, you know, freaking out. She wants to do it for her daughter. She wants to have a good time. And a whole bunch of things happen that eventually lead to her husband, like creating this intervention where he brings like a psychiatrist and some other people to the house and like basically accost her about her behavior and everything that's going on and she's like what is happening what is going on you know she's like so she ends up like she's like i need to go to the bathroom and she ends up climbing out the window and running away to antarctica by herself and wow it is so okay the book I just I couldn't put it down. I couldn't stop listening. I was listening to the audiobook and I definitely will reread it. It it is so good and just you know, watching her kind of try and figure out like you know, I want to be a good mom to my daughter, but I want to find myself again too and I want to figure out, you know, how to be happy and how to live my life the way I want and all this stuff. Um, and you know, it's also about the daughter, you know, being like, dad, you don't understand mom and all this stuff. And, oh, it's just such a beautiful story. And the movie adaptation stars Kate Blanchett and it's good. amazing. Yep. <laughs> I have not seen that. I, that sounds really good. I think it's on Hulu. Yeah. If you have Hulu, you should be able to find it. But yeah, it's a good adaptation, good adaptation too. Mm, it really is a good adaptation. Yeah. yeah. So good.
3: That's
2: I cool. love that book so much.
3: Running away to Antarctica. That
1: right? sounds
2: amazing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, well, my other recommendation is also not one where anyone gets murdered. I don't think so anyway. I can't, <laughs> but it is a good example of like this idea of burning it all down. Right. So, and that is shrill by Lindy West. And I picked this one. It is her memoir. Um, and I picked it. Um, I mean, she talks a lot about the the guy who trolls her online and he's really, really stalking and harassing her and she confronts him. So, like, good for her in that. But the, the real scene that I really say, like, good for her is so she used to work at The Stranger, which is the online mag uh, publication that Dan Savage, um, edited yeah. or just still edits, I think. Um, and he's like an advice columnist and has a podcast and all this stuff. So she like worked for him basically. Um, and he just, I, I think he's changed a little bit. I think he's gotten a little bit better, but he used to make so many fat phobic remarks, like mm-hmm. in print and on his podcast. I mean, it was really bad. He would like shame people for being overweight and, she just got sick of it and wrote this article and posted it on the stranger, like taking him down. And I just thought it was the perfect example of how the pen is mightier than the sword. Right. Like she I think I
3: it, remember that I remembered when that yeah, happened, it was yeah. in
1: 2011. So it was like yeah. 10 years ago. And I mean, mm-hmm. she eviscerated him. It was just a be- And like, I reread it earlier, just kind of prepping for this. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And then I read his response to her and he had no response. It was so pitiful. His response, it was basically like, well, I was a fat kid and I lost weight. That was, that was literally his (laughs) argument. And I was just like, you, the point you like, (laughs) you know, like you totally missed the point. So, um, I do think like though that she did have an influence on him, um, based on like what I've heard him say since then. So I think that's good. Like she, she did, but like in the meantime, she really like opened herself up to like people trolling her and like gained all this notoriety, but I mean, she's just a brilliant writer, I think. And so funny. And yeah, like I, um, I just, I just recommend that book anyway, but I do think it, it fits kind of with this theme, um, of burn it all to the ground. (laughs) Cause she really put (laughs) her job on the line. You know, she, he was her, I mean, in his response, he's like, you know, I'm not even Lindy's boss. She says that I, Am her boss, but I, I don't have the authority to fire her. I mean, I could probably get her fired. It's like, yeah, you run the whole like you're in charge there. Like, what are you talking about? You were in a position of power. Like he just, I, it was ridiculous.
3: Oh my God, anything yeah. to avoid that responsibility, and I, I love that, and that takes so much courage because, yeah. um anytime that you, uh, that women in general put themselves out there to have a strong opinion, they have to. Pretty much brace themselves for the inevitability that somebody's going to attack them for mm-hmm. their weight or appearance mm-hmm. in some other irrelevant way. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, bringing that to bringing to attention that screw you, guys, for constantly yeah. shaming people for their appearance right. um, is it's automatically saying hello, trolls. It is troll bait, and yeah. she put herself out there, and it is uh, that's fantastic. Yeah, it was
1: very brave, and yeah, absolutely.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this
1: was so much fun. Thank you, Allison, for joining yeah. us. Any final thoughts, or um, also let people know where where we can find you on social media.
3: Uh, right now, you will find me on Twitter uh, at Ms. Allie D, uh, M-S-A-L-L-I-E-D. You're a great uh,
1: follow. Am- Definitely follow. Thank you.
3: Uh, do that because I'm currently banned for seven days on Facebook. Oh, um, no. I, keep- <laughs> I keep getting thrown in Facebook jail because I tell my friends that I love very much that I will cut them for insulting my favorite bands. I mean, it's just like one of those banter things, you know, yeah. but yeah. Facebook thinks I'm literally inc- inciting violence and I'm not. Get <laughs> um, that. You know what, whatever. Exactly. Good for her. Um, yeah. and so uh I'm in Facebook jail right now, but I probably won't be by the time people are listening to this. But um, but you can find me there, but you can also find me on Instagram, uh Allison M Dixon. And uh you can find, you know, the other Mrs. Miller Everywhere books are sold and uh hopefully spring cleaning in your near future. Um but yeah, come hang out with me on Twitter. I am, I am, I am the outreach correspondent. I have been told <laughs> for uh... for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Allison.
0: Thank you. <laughs> and that's our show. Don't forget that you can get your first month of Book of the Month for nine ninety nine with the promo code What You Should Read, all one word. And we should be getting the April picks very mm-hmm. soon.
2: Yes. And uh, be sure to follow us on social media at WYSR underscore podcast on Instagram and on Twitter. You can email us at what you should read podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Goodreads, What You should read podcasts. And yeah, give us a follow you know and uh, you know um, you know give us a rating it's and a review. Definitely. The podcast. And now you know what you should you
1: read. read. Join You're three welcome. book lovers and a guest as they cover all the best new titles to enjoy with your tea.